This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you? If people send you the same generic conversation starters, they message everyone else. Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. Jordan Barry's hat-trick getting us all up off the sofa against Port Vale. To George Maris bringing the house down on Boxing Day. It's been another unforgettable calendar year following the Stags. From saying goodbye to club legends and an injury splurge, to epic comebacks and the welcome return of the smell of Bodrell and the click of the turnstiles, 2021 has been a strange one, to say the least. With tonight's trip to Harrogate cancelled thanks to Covid in the Stags camp, we're filling the void by reliving the Boxing Day belter against Hartlepool United and, as per Mansfield Matras tradition, are recapping the last 12 months. As long-term listeners and viewers will know, that comes with a quiz. So get your pen and paper ready. Plus, as we head towards the January window, we'll take a look at how the squad is shaping up, countlessly mention the importance of signing John Joe O'Toole, and much more in between. So, as always, for the final time in 2021, get involved and have your say on your team during the live feed. to be sat here reliving every single game from the cool down post-match reaction show and the general podcast to the Sunday sermon and stag stories this is the Mansfield Matters podcast and that was 2021 get involved have your say on your team because Mansfield always Matters. John Joe O'Toole rising high to not home. George Maris' 10th corner of the afternoon on 55 minutes gives Mansfield Town some much needed Boxing Day hope. The next five minutes is absolutely pivotal for Mansfield. If he can get a goal and find an opening, this crowd will get behind them and they could go on to win it. Cometh the hour, cometh Jordan Bowery to head Mansfield back into the game after excellent work down the right hand side from Reese Holmes and Elliot Hewitt. Barry's the hero, 
turning things around, dropped his shoulder, dropped his man, had a go and curled the ball into the top bins. Well, if we have to wait until 15 days between every single game, as long as every single game is like the one we had on Boxing Day with Mansfield coming out on top, I don't mind that at all. Hello, welcome to the Mansfield Matters podcast. Hope that you're all doing well. It's the final podcast of 2021. Uh, We're here to recap that epic Boxing Day victory over Hartlepool United and look back over the calendar year. As always, we want you to get involved in the comments and have your say on your team. And joining me to do so... Back from his deathbed, we've got Mr. Clive Parkin. How are you, mate? You, you feeling better? I'm getting there. Getting there. It, the Grim Reaper didn't take me in the end. Um, he's, le- he's left me to see, see the, the end of the season out. And uh, I'm, I'm just happy to be uh, getting out on the other side of this. I, I don't, I'm not the sort of person that gets cold, so to get one that's lasted nearly three weeks is, uh, is ridiculous. Anyway, nice to be back. Absolutely. Nice to have you back as well. Also nice to have him back as well. It's Mr. Nathan Edge or... Don't be in Kewitt, Elliot Hewitt. Love that name. He's been working on that. You were working on that on the plane on the way back, weren't you? Yeah, you could say that. No, it's, um, I thought, you know, that's, the last few weeks I've been uh, dedicating my my stream name, haven't I, to um, to, to a player that's been outstanding. And well, it's Elliot Hewitt's time, so there we go. Don't be in queue at Elliot Hewitt. Don't be in queue at Elliot Hewitt. Hopefully, uh, then uh, we'll, we'll see uh, the rest of uh, Elliot Hewitt come back to uh, to grow and grow and grow over the season. And one thing we did do, obviously, Nathan, you weren't there on Boxing Day. Where were you on Boxing Day? Were you sat by the by the pool with the with the with I follow on? <laughs> I wish it was by the pool. We had no but downpour basically for the. <laughs> I was there for 10 days and nine days of that was rain. The day I left, we had, look at the web wrap, it was sun for as far as you could see. I couldn't believe it, but uh, so I was very tempted to stay out there. But no, we was, uh, me and my dad and my family was watching it uh, in the villa um, on, on, on I follow, uh, which was which was, which was good. Great, great to sort of uh, be able to watch it out there. Obviously, a few years ago, you couldn't do that. Um, and what was also great is that everyone was on the same level playing field as me because nobody could see what was happening. So... Everybody's reliant on, you know, because of the fog, everyone's reliant on audio like me. So, yeah, uh, the, the, the whole the problem with that, though, is, mate, when the people that are providing <laughs> the audio can't see either, that yeah. is also a, also a downside. Honestly, I, I must have said <laughs> off air. In fact, I remember, I, I need to find the clip, actually. I said off air to, to Jason before he, he came to me for, for the, the update. I went, mate, the ball's on the far side and I haven't got a clue who's got the ball. I'm not, I, couldn't, I couldn't tell you. And that's before the fog set in. Uh, Clive, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I don't, uh, I don't feel sorry for Nathan at all with it with rain over the last few days because he still managed to get out of the country and enjoy himself. But he missed an absolute classic on Boxing Day, didn't he? He did. It's a fair, fair punishment for not being around. <laughs> I mean, it's um, it's very rare you get fog nowadays. Um, going back years, of course, we used to get an awful lot of fog, especially at the field mill because all the houses down the streets they had smoking chimneys and there were factory chimneys bellowing smoke out, what have you. Um, uh, it was so strange, and it, uh, it was to my to my mind, it was touch and go at some point whether the game would survive. Because... Honestly, I think had uh, the game kicked off an hour later, there's not a chance that it'd have been, been been played. No, it was very interesting just to watch a very enjoyable clip from uh, from Hartlepool supporters who put a video blog up, and it was obviously taken from the North Stand, and they were all full of glee being two 0 up, and, uh, and then they heard this roar from the other end and thought, "Oh shit, that's that's one goal." <laughs> And then a few yeah. minutes later, oh bollocks, that's another one. 
<laughs> and they, they saw nothing at all of the third one. All they heard was the crowd. Yeah, fun times, and that's that's exactly what you want. To be honest, um, I didn't see the linesman flag go up for the uh, for the offside goal, um, so I was very very relieved when uh, Stu Eggleshaw next to me, uh, the scoreboard operator, sort of prodded me in the ribs and sort of pointed over to the far side, frantically saying, "There's a flag! There's a flag! There's a flag!" So uh, I was very very grateful of both Mr. Eggleshaw's excellent help as always and that offside flag, Nate, because uh, in truth, you know, as good as we were and, and dominant as we were with all the chances we had, they had three shots and had the ball in the net three times yeah i mean that's that if you know it's really weird to say that's a disappointing factor of the game because actually we we were so dominant and we played so well um you know we shouldn't have we shouldn't have really been in that situation where we were two nil down should we but um you know when they they got their chances they they took them so you got to give them some some sort of credit for that um but if we if we took our chances away they took theirs we'd have been about 12 nil up and, and out of sight for after after so long, but um, you know, I mean, despite that, you've got to credit credit the players for you know after going two 0 down, especially when it's against a runner play as it was, um, you know, their, their heads didn't drop, and the fact that we got that goal back so so quickly, um, that I think that was that was a main made the big difference because then you know that that gave them the belief I think then to go on and think actually, you know, we 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 can still go on and win this, and um, yeah, I think. I think the result in the end was was fair. I mean, it probably should have been a wider margin if we was really honest, but at least it was a right balance in the fact that we got the three points. Yeah, a couple of comments uh, trickling in already. I'll come to some of them uh, later on because I think they'll fit nicely with some other points that we're going to make later. But keep them coming in. Have your say on your team, particularly in the next five minutes or so uh, on that Boxing Day fixture. Right, can One... I just ask you, have you paid your electricity bill? <clears throat> Why? You're all You're all buffering and blurry. Am I? You are. That doesn't look, that doesn't look like it to it's me. Like but it's, 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 it's a 1990s dial-up connection. <laughs> well, I, don't, I have no idea what that is. I tell you what, I might try and change my camera, but uh, there you go. Uh, this, this is always a, uh, could be a disaster if it's going to start anyway, just to fill in, I was, I I was trying to read a comment. Yeah, do they that. Scored, they scored three goals, and that's their credit. They managed to do that. I know one of them was disallowed, which is and looking back at the video evidence, it was correct decision to disallow it. And then Lisman got it spot on. But the uh, the fact is we had a makeshift midfield and we weren't pressing like we would normally do. And that gave them the opportunity to invade. And uh, we throw in a goalkeeping error and perhaps a little bit of a, um, a sluggish right back at the, at the wrong time. And they managed to get their goals from nothing. Um, but on a normal day, would have taken their pants down. We lost our host. I feel like um, you've, you've put the curse on him now because he's gone to change things. No, I, I don't know what happens. Oh, no, he's, he's still here. He's here. I've just got to uh, change a few would, things. Would you like Nathan and I to sing something? He, he can't, he can't multitask. Saying, so he could be saying anything here, but there you go. Yeah, I, yeah Craig is a proper... To- yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I heard that that's bit. Be- yeah. That's better, Yeah, Craig, he would do. <laughs> yeah, that bit. There we go. There we go. I've swapped myself around. I hate it when that happens. Um... Alan says, Happy New Year to you guys. Welcome back to Clive. So pleased for the uh, time-wasting goalie uh, that he lost. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's touch upon uh, that a little bit more. And the fact that, uh, oh, I don't know, it's very, very frustrating, uh, uh, the, the time-wasting goalkeeper. But uh, as you were sort of saying, the character which we showed to to, to come from, um, you know, that amount of goals down to, from two down to, to fight back was very, very pleasing indeed, Nath. 
especially the fact that they got that second goal, at, you know, in the in the second half. I think, you know, two 0 at half time, you can go in, can't you, and think, you know, all right, it's going to be tough, but you can you can try and get the players up for the second half and think, go out there and get an early goal, and you're back in it. But conceding it whilst you're out there, it could have been so easy for the heads to to drop and and give up in in horrible conditions, and you know. It, I think in previous sort of months, that's what exactly what would have, would have happened. But because of the run we've been on of, of late, um, you know, the, the, the mentality is different in the group, and 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 we we, we fought back really well. Um, and it's just just what their their goalkeeper deserved. Just like Salford last last well a couple of weeks ago, I he was winding me up, and after what six minutes, seven minutes after they scored, they started time wasting. I I get it towards the end of the game but not not that early on so uh, whenever that happens I always do think it's uh, you know kind of well deserved when when teams do do that so early on uh, Paul says you couldn't see a lot from Quarry Lane during the game uh, and the wife saw Craig sitting in the car in the car park by the way uh, and carrying his heavy cases uh, coming past the Sandy spot anyway just wanted to wish all the players uh, who have got the dreaded Covid all the best and a happy new year uh, to you guys yeah and to, and to you as well Paul um, as well it's uh, I think an important thing actually on uh, on Sunday I keep wanting to say Saturday uh, on Sunday Clive was actually the fact that there was a 15 day break but Mansfield didn't look like they'd been away. No, and I think uh, if you'd cast your mind back two months, if the situation like this had occurred then, we'd have, we'd have gone to pieces. We've uh, we've certainly uh, become far more resolute and far more of a unit, a team unit, than we were. I know that's down to some individuals. It's down to hard work on the training ground as much as anything. But a little bit of belief emerged, hasn't it? And, of course, now we've got this... A long run of good results that that gets even stronger, and for that reason, you want the the matches on. Um, but obviously, you can't. You don't want matches on when you play when you half your team's down with COVID. I mean, am I right in thinking we couldn't fill the bench on Sunday? Yeah, we only had five subs, um, so it was it wasn't confirmed before the game that the players had gone down with COVID. But after the game, Nigel Clough uh, did confirm that everybody bar the injured players were missing. Um, through COVID. So Ollie Clark injured, Danny Johnson injured, but the uh, obviously James Perch injured, Kel Gordon injured. Uh, but the ones who didn't take part, you, you know, you, you George Lapsley's, you Harry Charlesley's, Stephen Quinn, um, Richard Narty, um, goalkeeper George Shelby as well, all COVID related. So five of those players out, meaning only, as you say, five subs on the bench and four of them pretty much young players as well. The only experienced player in inverted comment, the goalkeeper, the goalkeeper Marek Steck, who is not even, you know, he's, he's third choice in the minute as probably in some areas, probably fourth choice as well. But um, yeah, it's a, it's very, very concerning. And after the game, Nigel Clough was sort of saying, you know, when we were having conversations that if any more players went down, then, then that would be it because they, they just struggle. And obviously, and clearly, they have because they were all testing after the game. They were, you know, straight into the dressing room and they was they was testing after the game. He said they were coughing and spluttering after the game as well. So it will all depend, Nath, um, on whether or not some players who were missing on Sunday were positive three or four days before, because obviously you've got the isolation period, I believe of 10 days, but you can come out after seven, can't you, if you do two negatives so we could have two players back for two or three players back for Saturday but we just don't know we we weren't given a set date or a set day. It's impossible to to guess as well because we could get those players back but then the other the other six or seven that are out there they could get it so 
you don't know how many more have come down with it. And then also you've got the opposition to think about. Obviously, Rochdale's game has also been postponed. Mm. Um, so if, if there's a, a new cases, then obviously it's not long now until, until New Year's Day. So if um, if that, that might be under the seven-day quarantine period. So, you know, I, I think, obviously, it's probably looking very doubtful, which is, um, you know, from our point of view, yeah, it's disappointing um, because we are on, on such a good run. And we know what happened last year when we, we missed a few games. And if I'm right in thinking, was that mainly due to weather, though? Cause I know we had a few issues with our pitch, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. So that was more, um, you know, more sort of us missing games, home games due to the frozen pitch. But at least this time, we're not alone in the sense that it's probably why we were so rusty again when we came out of that patch. Whereas this time round, basically everyone's getting games off. Everyone's in the same boat. Um, everyone's going to be missing players when they do get a game on because at the moment it's, it's unlikely that teams are at uh, 100% you know, uh, capacity. So um, in that sense, hopefully it won't have the same effect as it did last year. And whenever we are able to play again next, we can you know, hopefully pick up where we left off. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with it. As Paul says in the comment uh, comments, the government are under pressure to put the self-isolation down to, to five days, but it will depend what on what the EFL do as well. And then you've got to add into the the mix, you know, training, match fitness and and all of that stuff as well. I personally I don't I wouldn't put money on us taking on Rochdale on New Year's Day, which would be a shame because again it's another long break with, without a game. The next one after that will be Middlesbrough in the cup and you know, it's going to be hard enough to to get a result in that one whilst it's doable, but to, to go and try and get a result after another enforced break where we won't have trained much because we're not really training much to try and avoid, you know, spreading cases because of, I mean, the prime example is what we've got three or four players out and with three or four players per dressing room hub at the training ground. It, it's no coincidence really, is it, when you think about it, Nath? No, um, that, and that's what I mean. It's, it's, chances are there probably will be more over over time. Um, and then and the challenging thing for us, if, if the Rochdale game doesn't go ahead, like you say, the next game in Middlesbrough, and at the moment they're playing, so uh, for the, and then they're going to have a bigger squad and things like that. So it does, you know, it, it was already going to be a tough game, it, and it does put us a slight disadvantage again with with when it comes to that. But you know, that, that's football. The teams have bigger squads, etc. That's just you know part and parcel of the game. But the fact that they they you know it's looking like they maybe just continue continue as they are still playing. Um, you know, we we are a slight disadvantage going into that, but that's just something we just have to deal with, isn't it? And and hope yeah. that. Hopefully everyone is back to full fitness and, and maybe the the bonus of it all will be that we'll get some of these injured players back, which which who who would have missed a few games otherwise. Yeah, and the positives, as Jim says in the comments, are that if we don't play until Middlesbrough, that everyone, that everyone bar two or three should be then available. However, Christmas and New Year with no footy is like nativity uh, with no baby. Yeah, absolutely. But sometimes you've got to do what you've got to do. It's a concern mm. that, you know, things are going to be backing up and January's already looking quite busy the Middlesbrough game will take pri- priority if that doesn't you know manage to, to go ahead this the blessing is that you know there's no replay it'll all be done in one night but uh, I think if any more games fall by the wayside I think perhaps um you've got to uh you've got to look at uh maybe an extension to the season by a week or so just to try and add those in uh Craig in the comments says just out of interest if Mansfield or Borough had COVID in the squad causing postponements would they rearrange the game or would the other team go through? Interesting debate on this one, isn't it? Because um, you've yeah, they've taken away the replay stage at round three and four to try and minimise the COVID thing with top flight teams being a little bit, oh, we've 
got too many games coming up. We can't cope with it, even though we've got squads of about 50. Uh, bless him. Um, but um, so there is there is the potential date when, you know, a replay would have been, you know, the, the 10 days after the week on Tuesday. But that's an interesting one. I mean, I would be furious if that happened because nobody wants to progress in that way, whether it was us, Clive, that went out for that or, or Middlesbrough. Either way, I want to see that game played because we've got to that point. We deserve to take them on. Yeah, it would require, require a change of the rules. The FA would have to write a new rule book around that problem area. I mean, they, they wouldn't dispel a team if their pitch wasn't playable, for instance. They'd, have a rear, they'd rearrange the fixture. And at some point, or weather, they, may, yeah. they may offer to, um, if both teams are in agreement, to play it on the, the oppos- opposition ground. But that's in the rule book. Haven't they done it previously? Just jumping out, haven't, isn't that what the problem is? Haven't they done that previously where due to COVID, if a team's unable to field a, a team, then that team basically forfeits because it's a cup match. I mean, that's where the comment's coming from because it's already happened. Are they going to do that this season? So there's a possibility, no, got, I think. You've got the advantage of me there because I've not heard that. But yeah, the, I think it would be wrong uh, on so yeah, many it, levels. Craig's, yeah, Craig's clarified it. He said Leighton Orient had to uh, bypass yeah. in the League Cup. So... I don't know. I think it. I think it's still. A, well, I don't know for sure. So it's going to be a matter of looking at the, um, you know, the, the rule book for for this, and you know, they change every season, don't they? But um, I, I've got a feeling it's it's happened earlier on as well in the you know in the qualifying stages. Um, so on that note, you'd think it would still apply, but it could change, couldn't it? When the when 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 Premier League teams come in, because obviously they want to want to favour them. So I, I don't know. But yeah. it could be a possibility. So I think it's but, highly unlikely that that should happen. In fairness, but I mean, what the, pre- really. the pressure on the team that's suffering from COVID is to try and get a, a team out there, regardless of whether it's the team they would normally pick. And at I our think level, if Nigel, our level, we don't have the team, we don't have the squad numbers to do that properly. Judging by what Nigel Clough in his comments, um, you know, on and off air, he's basically sort of said, if we can get at least five subs, yeah, a team and five subs will play. So it's just a case of we've clearly, clearly got diminished numbers at the minute, and you know the risk is is too much. I would, I would have hated was, I would have hated for us to go to Rochdale on, or or gone to Harrogate tonight and only had, you know, three subs available because that's huge pressure. Because you get a suspension, you get a an injury in that, you, you're done for even more. So it didn't make sense in that respect. But certainly, I think if we've got five subs available, I think he'll. Uh, he'll have a go. So he's not the type of manager that, that is happy to, to have games off. He wants to, to get it playing. But on that point of, you know, the if you've got COVID in your camp, you can't play your game, therefore you forfeit your space. I wouldn't, we need to check the rules, obviously, but I'd, I'd still be furious, Nath. I'd still be furious. Well, I mean, it could work out the other way around, couldn't it? And it could be Middlesbrough that I forfeited him. But like you say, it's... Um... That's not what the FA Cup is, isn't it? It's a bit like how the season uh, last year was was finished with with points per game and things like that, and a lot of people for it, but a lot of people were against it because it should be, it should be not not last season, season before, sorry. So it should it should be, you know, determined by what happens on the pitch, not what happens by a computer algorithm or what happens by default due to some some ruling. You know, they, they should give it every opportunity to be played, uh, and let that be decided on the pitch, even if it does mean. You know, it's it's going to be harder for us in a sense that you know we've got to go out and be a championship side. But that's what mm. football is. That's what the F is. So I hope to, to see. I hope, you know, I hope that game gets played one way or another. 
I'm going to bring it back to uh, to Boxing Day, uh, and then we're going to get some post-match reaction from Nigel Clough and the man who I'm sure will be talking about in more depth very, very shortly indeed, John Joe Tool. Um, you know, fantastic to, to come down from, from two goals down to, to win the game, to continue... Uh, the winning run, excellent, uh, you know, squad mentality and, and things like that. But one of the things which pleased me the most, Clive, I think, is the fact that we, we've got that fighting spirit about us and we've we've seemed to have this team cohesion at the minute, which just seems to 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 go on and go on and, pu- and, and push us on. And to get that in front of your fans, it really, really wrapped the, the year up nicely and put us in a very good position and one which we perhaps didn't think we'd be in. Um, you know, two or three months ago. No, and I think two or three months ago, the little bit of luck we needed wouldn't have been there. So, plus we don't think we had John Joe O'Neill in the side either. So I think O'Toole is, <laughs> is a jockey, John Joe O'Neill, for those of you who don't know. Um, where's Craig gone? I'm there. I'm your, still here. It's your John Joe O'Neill. John Joe We're going to talk about JJ and he's been absolutely mint. <laughs> with his presence since he's been a regular player in the side um, and we must move heaven and earth to get him signed up that's that's my view on him but I have to say I was sat in my normal seat watching the game and I got that horrible feeling when they went 2-0 up I'm thinking you know we've we've had all the game we've made all the chances and we're 2-0 down it's going to be one of those days and then I made a profound statement to my son I said you know for us to get two or three goals we've got to score one first and then in the mist there it was a goal from JJ. Uh, on the FA Cup, Martin says it's down to the discretion of the FA and the game is rescheduled if it can be. So, uh, oh, yeah, so, that, that feels a bit more confident. Like, but... Does it? No, it doesn't mean. <laughs> Basically, no? if it's us, they'll just think, oh, it's only a little at Mansfield. They'll, they can forfeit. If it's Middlesbrough with the players out, oh, we'll, we'll move it back two weeks to see if we can get it in there. That's how it'll be. Sorry, the I'm being cynical, are... aren't I? The words there of Nathan Edge and not Mansfield Matters, although <laughs> Craig agrees, Clive probably agrees, and everybody else probably agrees as well. Uh, let's go back again to uh, to Boxing Day. We're going to talk John Joe Tall very, very shortly indeed. But first, we're going to hear from him and Nigel Clough, who uh, spoke to me for Mansfield 103.2 after the game, after the Stags had come from two goals down to beat Hartlepool United 3-2 at the One Core Stadium, thanks in no small part to a very, very brave linesman on the far side who saw through the mist to raise that offside flag. Usually fans' Christmas witches are three points on Boxing Day. Was yours that offside flag going up in the 91st minute? Three points and that led to, or the offside flag led to the three points and ensured it, but over the course of the game we deserved it. I think he, he probably, I haven't seen it back, but the lads uh, in the back four said he was offside uh, and I thought over the course of the game, if it was a break, then we deserved it. Could you see it from where you were? Because we were struggling from just above you. I couldn't see the flag go up now. I could hardly see the linesman uh, diagonally away in that corner there. The fog seemed to be worse over that far side, actually. Uh, so I couldn't quite see it, but once we disallowed it, we were mightily relieved. As Boxing Day games go, that was an absolute classic, wasn't it? It was brilliant. Uh, I thought right from the first few minutes. And even when we went 2-0 down, I thought we were playing well. We were creating chances and situations. Said to the players at half time, the only thing's wrong is we conceded a soft goal, but from their point of view, I thought it was a good goal, build up, uh, and we missed chances. We missed three guilt hedge chances in the first half before they scored. Yeah, 12 corners as well for your side today, absolutely knocking on the door in the first half. If it had gone in from uh, Rawson's header, it could have been a completely different contest altogether. That's it, and then he had another great chance from the free kick, and then Jordan had one at the far post, almost identical to the one he scored in the second half. 
So that was all that was missing, a little finish. And of course, the game's been falling left, right and centre with COVID today. We had the fog to contend with as well and a few COVID cases within our camp. Was there any danger that this one might not have gone ahead today? If we'd lost another one or two, then certainly we wouldn't have been able to put the uh, required number out there. I think it's 13 and a goalkeeper. Uh, we got 14 and a goalkeeper today, so we're pretty close to it. We lost three players this morning, uh, eight altogether now, injury and, and illness. Uh, and there's a few downstairs coughing and spluttering with the symptoms so we'll, we'll test them and see how we are for that later this week Is it a case between now and Harrogate of just sort of keeping away from each other and just sort of getting that recuperation in? Definitely but we've got to come in and we've got to do a little bit of training and, and whatever uh, but as soon as the players are in the changing room down there together now it's very very difficult as you see from the the many fixtures have been cancelled. It's very difficult to uh, constrain it. Let's talk about the two which came in. Let's start with Jason Law. I thought he was absolutely outstanding today. Yeah, uh, I got a call this morning saying that we'd, we'd lost. I can't remember. It was George Lapsley and Stephen Quinn. Both came quite close together. And then it was sort of, we wanted to try and keep the formation. Originally, we had Ollie Hawkins up top and, and John Joe Tool at centre-half. Uh, and then I was out walking the dog this morning and... And then you have to sort of change a little bit. And I just thought Jason's been very, very good in training the last two, three weeks. Uh, I thought, well, we want to try and stick with the same formation. We'll just rejig it a little bit. Put Jordan up top with Oatsy. Uh, I thought they were good up there together. And we'll just play him behind and get him on the ball as much as we can. And the other one, of course, you mentioned was John Joe Tool can play absolutely anywhere. The big question on everybody's lips at the minute is what's the situation with the, with the contract deal? We're trying. I think we're pretty close with it. We're not too far off. He has got other offers uh, from other clubs, but uh, I think he enjoys it. Uh, he scored a few very important goals for us as well. Um, we'll be doing everything we can to persuade him to stay. Three goals in 11 minutes in that second half. What did you say to the boys at the half-time? So they came out a different side. No, I thought we played well all in the first half. We just missed the chances. And I said, try not to concede the second. Uh, you know, and we'll, we'll wait and we'll keep playing and we'll still create. And then when we conceded the second, a little bit subdued. Uh, but I thought once we got the, the first one back, I thought then I thought we'd get at least a point from the game. And of course we go again on Wednesday night, a trip to Harrogate. Already been there once this season in the Papa John in the uh, the Papa John's Trophy. Uh, what are you expecting uh, from from them on uh, on Wednesday night? Well, I haven't played for a couple of weeks. I haven't played today, so uh, Harrogate have been a little bit of a bogey team for us. I think in the last uh, eighteen months, so I don't think it'd be any different uh, with their work rate, uh, which is exceptionally good. I expect any players to be back that were missing today for that one, or do you think they'll be they'll be ruled out of it? No, there's nobody uh, who was missing today. Uh, the injuries won't be back, uh, and the ones who obviously have tested positive uh, have got to do seven days. Let's end on a positive though, uh, and that was again the fans tremendous. Started 2021 at home with no fans in the stadium, finished it with fans absolutely rocking. That must be beautiful for you to see as a manager. It was great, you know, nearly 6,000 in today, and I thought the good away following as well made for a great atmosphere. Uh, it always does. There's not many away fans whatever but you know there's a, a good following from Hartlepool our fans were brilliant and when we scored the third goal the noise 6,000 sounds like 60 in this place JJ that was absolutely epic to watch what was it like to play in? Yeah brilliant really really good game to play in um, sometimes boxing days are a little bit funny games to play and they can go either way you know you know it's bit of a balance with family life and all that but it's great for the fans and I think they got their money's worth today uh, you know, going two, two goals down obviously not ideal but to come back was just just brilliant from just shows a uh, character we have in that dressing room even with a few few lads out um, few like sort of regular 
players out so it just shows how good we can be yeah and we talk about drama as well 91st minute talk us through it from the pitch perspective Nigel Clough couldn't really see it from where he was we certainly could it what, what did you see of it from um, the heart of it my initial reaction was just just gutted really um, I think what I think might have happened is the, the lad that was offside he started oh. offside that's the uh, Hartlepool manager if you couldn't guess I think the um, they had a lad offside and I think he interfered with play um, which I thought might have happened so that's the only thing I can think of and from coming from two goals Dan like you said it was absolute class in terms of the character of the squad how important has that been from you you know you've only been here like a couple of months how much have you seen that grow in that time you've been here yeah massively I can't comment too much on what it was like before um, but from, from the day I, I, was, I started training here I, I knew that there was a lot a lot of good things in that dressing room and a little bit sort of perplexed why it weren't doing better. Um, just like I said, it sometimes just takes a, a little while to click and you go through phases and spells where you're not quite at it. And, you know, we've got the momentum now, we're doing well. We just we just want it to continue now. We've got to make the most of um, the, the spell that we're in. Uh, you get bad, good spells, bad spells, but you've got to make the most of the momentum when you have it. Yeah, you say we as well. Obviously, you know, we've still got to work out a deal for yourself. Are you hopeful to sign on the dotted line and retain, become a stag for the rest of the season? Yeah, hopefully. Uh, obviously, I've really enjoyed my time here. Um, yeah, just hopefully get something sorted. I've, sort of getting a couple of little offers um, elsewhere so I've got to look after my family and I've got to seriously consider them as well um, but listen hopefully we get, we get something sorted and on to Harrogate on uh, Wednesday night as well as you said players dropping left right and centre before the game what does it say about the character of the boys to go through even with only five sub all, subs all long, young lads as well what does it say about the character to get through and get results like that yeah brilliant like it's, it's obviously a, a team game you know I think people sometimes forget that um, that you know it's just the starting 11 but the subs and the, the squad players are, are important as anyone. You know, they if they can win or lose your games. You know, when you need them to come on and do well, um, you know they're there for you. When you've got injuries, um, you, you really need them. So you need need everyone in a season. So um, there's, yeah, we've got great strength and character in, in that dressing room. Last couple from me. You've played centre half, played centre mid uh, today. Have you got a preference where you want to play? Are you just happy to be out there and contributing to the team with that experience you've got? Yeah, a bit of a, bit of a tough one. I've, I sort of had it in my head. I wanted to get back to to midfield, and obviously today I felt like I'd done quite well and obviously scored as well. So, but I, I enjoy playing centre half as well. It just sort of, sort of depends the game. If obviously it helps when you you score, you're playing centre mid, and you lads are doing well, and we're getting on it and whatever else but I don't know I'll, I'll, I'll play anyway and your goal sparked the comeback today the fans rose off their seats when the ball went in the back of the net what's your final message uh, to them as they end 2021 here at, at home with the, a victory the final home game of the calendar year yeah and no, I just hope they enjoy it it was right behind us from, from the get go they've been brilliant with with all the boys and like myself as well since since I've been here and you know, I hope they're enjoying it we're enjoying this, this form we're in and hopefully it continues John Joe Tall speaking to uh, to me after the game uh, on Boxing Day for Mansfield 103.2, obviously uh, recorded prior to the uh, the postponement tonight, where we should have been playing uh, Harrogate this evening, but obviously COVID in the Stags camp mean that is no more. Also, also featuring the Hartlepool manager, the better Graham Lee uh, in there, who spat his dummy out the Prem went, it was a goal, it was a goal, it was a goal. Yes, very unprofessional, very unprofessional, Graham. Anyway, uh, moving on, uh, we will uh, we will talk more uh, about uh, Mr O'Toole, who, uh, as I switch my camera again, uh, Mr O'Toole, who, uh, again, um, 
we heard in that interview, Nath, that uh, he's keen to sign. Other offers on the other offers on the table, though, we've got to offer him everything in our power, haven't we, to to get that deal over the line? I'd say so. I mean, my name my name on here says don't be in queue it. Well, we've got the right tool. We just need to get him signed on. So um, that, was, that was awful, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> but no, I, I think he. Yeah, everyone's. Um, we've been people say in the comments. It said after each. Um, Week in week out, he's he's you know been part of a big difference since he signed. He's uh, the fact that he can slot into defence, which uh, for a lot of the season we've been you know, been short on numbers, um, and obviously having to put Hawkins back there as well. So having him come in and experience has been a been a massive help. But the fact that he can also move into um, into midfield makes a you know, another big difference. He's, he's versatile, so um, you know I I think we've got to be. We we know we had a budget there for Tom Naylor, which didn't happen. I don't think we've really used that budget up from who came in afterwards, really. So I'd be, um, I don't know, I'd say gamble. I don't think it's much of a gamble. I think it's quite a safe gamble. I'd be uh, laying a bit more down from if we need to. I think it's an absolute no-brainer. Simon in the comments says, I hope we can sign JJ, but like the Tom Naylor situation, it won't be JJ's choice, uh, what he wants to do. It'll be his agent. Um, for me, Clive, uh, you know, I, I, he's absolutely key i think as a club we might be trying to offer him until the end of the season but i think he given his age and things like that will probably want an 18 month deal he warrants an 18 month deal for me yeah i would i'd certainly sign him up for next season um if that sweetens the pill enough for him as well but in terms of money all right yeah we don't know what the budget was and how much of it's been spent or unspent but one thing's for sure we're running about a thousand fans at home game more than we budgeted for in terms of expectation so there's some there's some liquidity there that wasn't expected. It should allow us to spend money we had should we didn't anticipate. Um, and there's nothing more important now, as far as this club's development is concerned, than to maintain the progress that we've made since Mr. O'Toole arrived. And I'm not giving all the credit to him, but it just happened to be timely. And I remember you and I discussing his arrival outside um, Exeter's ground. I made the same ridiculous uh, joke about John Joe O'Neill then. It's obviously he stuck in my head. But uh, um, <laughs> we, he didn't play that game. But I mean, afterwards, once he started to, to figure in the team, he has made a huge difference. And when you look at the man, you wouldn't mess with him, would you? No, he's you a remember nice... the opposition, you'd say, yeah. I'll, I'll, let him, I'll let him win this one. Yeah, I mean, very nice folks to talk to. Didn't didn't throttle um, Graham Lee, which I was disappointed at. But uh, joking aside, uh, but uh, he, you know, he, he certainly come in. He offers that different pos- position wise, and that's why I sort of asked him the question about whether you prefer yourself playing. And he, I sort of got the impression, Nate, that the the position in which he's playing might play on his mind as well. If a manager comes in and sort of says, um, you know, we want to want you to play in midfield or we want you to play in the in the number ten role. Um, and we give you an 18-month deal. I can see that maybe swaying it from a little bit because Nigel Clough will see him predominantly as a centre-back rather than a centre-mid because we are overloaded with them who perhaps come ahead of him and because we, we don't have a, a centre-back so uh, of sorts. So that might be yeah. a, another factor to consider. Well, I mean, I probably more favoured a centre-back at the moment just because of, like you say, the numbers. Um, you know, I... I, I Slightly disagree a little bit about you. You sort of would say on paper you'd think that the midfield is sorted and those players will be ahead of him, but actually at the moment his performance would probably put him ahead of a couple of others. So yeah, um, you know, I I'm perfor- based on recent performances, I think he could easily step into that midfield, into a midfield space, and 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 well have earned it as well. So 
Um, <clears throat> you don't know that that could be part of his thinking. You know, it's I guess it's, it's towards the end of his his career as well. So um, you don't know certain players who might want to play for certain clubs at some points in their careers if he hasn't done it yet. There's all sorts of things that might go into his decision making. But but like um, like you said earlier, I think um, you know most of us would be in agreement that we. We really just need to do whatever we can to get him get him signed, and if it is a, a slightly longer contract, then and then then let's gamble because um, he's certainly shown what he can bring to the team. And it's just you look at it the opposite way. If we if we don't get him signed, I'm then a bit you know a bit deflated going into to January. We had a bad, you know, a relatively bad sort of January last year. Mm. I don't want a repeat of that, and it kind of would feel like if we did that and we didn't bring anybody in to sort of replace him at that sort of caliber you know it, it just leaves a bit of a bad taste whereas if we get him in it just it's like an extra boost isn't it for the rest of the season yeah I, I certainly I'd go along with that Clive because like you say it, it's no coincidence the results have picked up and coincided with him coming into the team and him helping to uh, uh, to solidify where we are um, defensively and, and sort of closing things up but everywhere he's been as well you know he's, he's a regular solid player um you know 50 odd games for Watford um, 50 odd games for, for Colchester, Bristol Rovers, same thing again, Northampton over 170 odd games, Burton nearly 50 games, Aussie's starting to be a regular player now as well and it's that experience side of things which we've missed and which we we haven't had and uh, it's it certainly filled that, that void and I, I would for one be absolutely gutted it would come as a hammer blow if he were to to go elsewhere we wouldn't blame him of course because you you know you've got to do what what's right I'm in a similar situation myself changing jobs and, and things like that in the in the new year you've got to do what's right for yourself but um you know we've we want him for us don't we, we want him we want to be it's, greedy. It's towards the end of his career Craig that, that's sort of arguable the best he's going to get is a full season's contract somewhere I would Im- imagine yeah, and he was. Let's go backwards. He was kicking his heels training at Stevenage um, when we took him on. Now that's not to say that Stevenage wouldn't have had him, but they hadn't got the finances to do it. So I think we were a, a blessing for him as well as he for us. I think there's another ingredient in in terms of signing him on a more uh, permanent basis, and that's his. What's the real prognosis? Does anybody know about James Purchase is likely playing next season? Well, it's a difficult one with Perch, isn't it? Because it's not an injury you can see and really predict. It's one of those which, you know, he might be fit enough to train come next season, um, but then one not might set him backwards. But also, given his age and where he is, is he going to want to continue? It's 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 like playing devil's advocate, isn't it, Nate? You, 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 you're trying to fight fire with petrol in, in in some respects. You just can't predict it. Yeah, I mean, with it being a sort of head injury, you kind of would think if it was, you know, a serious injury to sort of your, your your legs, for example, or your ankles, or you know, those sort of ligaments, or uh, obviously bone fractures and things like that. Then, I, as a as a player, you think they would be harder to overcome in a sense um, at, at such a you know towards the end of the end of the career. Whereas head injuries, you know, a different ball game in a sense. That obviously, you have to be sort of extra careful, but. <sighs> Does that stop you from playing football once that's you know deemed safe enough to to, to return? So, um, if because of that, I'm hopefully you know he has got a, at least another season in him uh, next year, and we're able to see what he what he can do with us. But obviously, we we don't know. Um, at the very least, I hope he's involved in the club in some sort of coaching capacity if that's what he's interested in or or something because he's you know I think he's got a lot to give to us in that sense. But um, 
it, only time will tell, and I don't think um, I don't think even maybe he will even know at this stage. Never mind, us be able to second guess it. Yeah, also at contract in the summer as well, James Perch. It'll be interesting to uh, uh, to see what happens there. As Gary says, listening to your interview, I would be amazed if he didn't sign a cracking player who fills the void left by uh, Perch's in- interview. Uh, purchase injury uh, and Alan says do we know who's sniffing around him Doncaster was one anyone know who else not sure um, let's just Bradford uh, City they go for everybody at this time of course they do season. of course they do uh, let's just kidnap his agent and uh, stop him from signing from anywhere else let's just let's be proactive with it for once let's be proactive um, who was it that asked earlier in the show uh, yeah Jim asked earlier in the show um, who would you like to see signed in January JJ um, aside because I think a lot of our focus right now Nath is probably on O'Toole we want that to be the first signing announced really but you know it, we can't hide away from the fact that we need players in other areas too yeah, so, I mean, picking actual names out there, I think is quite difficult to do, especially as we've gone over, new, you know, basically every season when we get to the stage, we all know how difficult a January transfer window is. Um, and again, this will be, this will be no different. So it's always tough, but yeah, I think if we maybe pin it down to position-wise and where, where we probably need to strengthen. And and for me, um, it's probably, you're probably going to say this, a striker at the moment and and obviously probably a defender if we do, if we do lose O'Toole and obviously... Um, Will Forrester doesn't extend his, his loan so there's there's two players there that you could say are defenders because I'd love to see Hawkins back up there at some point you know, I want him to yeah. be back up top in, his, in, in the original position So, but in order to do that we need to first of all bolster that defence and I still feel like we need one more up top because obviously you know, hopefully we'll have Danny Johnson back soon which will be a be a boost but um, you know it, it, it we always seem to have at least one missing, don't we? At one point, uh, one or two go missing at the same time. So um, that that's the positions for me where I think we probably need to need to boost a little bit. A little bit like countdown for me, Clive. One up top, one uh, one at the back as well. And uh, what about you? Oh, I'll have uh, five from the middle if you don't mind. <laughs> if we've got plenty of good midfielders, we don't need strikers. <coughs> oh dear, dear. We oh dear. Uh, let's be fair. We we are turning some decent results around at the moment with a, with a less than effective strike pairing. Um, and even if uh, our injured striker gets back in, in play, he, he needs to find some form that he hadn't done previously, to be fair. I, I think uh, Greasy Notes has done incredibly well. His work rate is, is fantastic. And he was knackered when he came off on, on Boxing Day. And uh, Tyrese came on and sat on the pitch as he normally does. We... Um, but we we uh, we are thin on the ground in terms of real strikers, but we are still winning games. So I think you know it's too easy to panic over that, and it depends on the format of the game. It depends on how we supply these strikers if we've got them. So you could have your best two strikers in the world in the middle of the park. If they don't get served properly, they're not going to score that many goals, and that's one of the problems that and, and very unfairly Barry was put was was um, often criticised by fans for not being on the end of a ball. Well, there's no ball to be on the end of most of the time. In fact, he was spending most of his time going back to midfield to pick up a ball to try and start the whole process off. So we've moved forward. And I think, you know, some of the um, negativity around Bowery has disappeared quite rightly. Um, and I think uh, we we just have to have uh, some of these people who have been unfit, who are getting back to fitness and people to come through, hopefully unscathed through COVID. That's all we need, and I wouldn't be, I wouldn't panic if we didn't sign anybody in January, provided the other things happened. Apart I think I would. I think I would panic a little bit. I think um, 
given our you know transfer window history etc Nate I think <laughs> I would a little bit I think you hit the nail on the head with the the Forrester thing and O'Toole losing both of them yes obviously Forrester's out at the minute but uh you know, it's nice to know that he's there in the background for, for when he's ready and back fit. The other big question is uh, Kellen Gordon. What on, on earth is happening there? Obviously still out injured at the minute, but we every time we seem to get an update on it, we seem it seems to say two weeks, so yeah. two to three weeks. And that was about seven months ago. So uh, that's an issue which needs addressing as well because you take Elliot Hewitt out of the, the equation, and again, you're looking at players like Jordan Bowery or George Lapsley to play at full at full back and, and wing back. Yeah, and it's a bit like the old Hawkins situation, isn't it? You, they, they, they might be able to go and fill in there, but then you're losing a, an, an attacking threat. So, uh, you know, I do I do agree with uh, Clive to a certain extent. Obviously, I, I think you know I said a striker and a defender. A striker would be a secondary sort of um, target. The, the, for me, the the well, I think Boxing Day is a good example why the defence is still a bit of a priority, even though you could argue it's mm. a good forward play for Mark Liverpool. But we are still, uh, you know, we are still shipping goals you know, quite quite easily at times. The, the good news is we're not losing games. We're, we're managing to still win games, which is great. But uh, we probably are going to hit a spell where, where that's going to dry up. Um, so we do need to tighten up back there still. Um, and uh, like I say, if we do lose O'Toole and, and Forrester, that's, that's two players there. you then got to basically rely on Hawkins staying back there for the remainder of the season, which not the end of the world, but then again, losing that a, a different player to go up top. Um, and that's not taken into consideration, into consideration any other injuries. So um, yeah, I would definitely be looking at a minimum one, one defender. And that's got to be a minimum. And, and preferably if you can get one with a bit of versatility, you can cover on the right as well, then that would, that would fit all, wouldn't it? But uh, I think, well, I mean, O'Keefe, He's back in January, Craig. I keep saying the name. We know he ain't going to be playing, is he? But um, no. you know, it's but that's it's, it's something that, that on that right hand side and central defence, I think we've got to look at, especially if O'Toole and Forrester yeah do disappear. Put it this you way: you have to more ask yourself. Time. Sorry to interrupt, chaps. You'd have to ask yourself who out there is available in January that would improve our the quality in those areas we're looking for. Yeah, um, I mean, some some of it's a bit of a balancing act for me. I don't think it's yes priorities to try and improve it but also I think you've got to look at the plan b side of it which is making sure you've got the numbers there anyway um especially I think attacking options more than anything else because you look at well recent weeks you, you take Danny Johnson out of the equation you've got Hawkins playing at the back you're always you're looking for you're looking at Sinclair and James Gale to come off the bench and uh, help you out and things like that um Jim in, in the comments uh, talking about defensive options has said has put Piagini's name in the mix again, the Oldham skipper. <sighs> I don't think I'd be massively uh, my seat for that one, to be honest. I think he'd do a job and, and cover, but I don't think he's better than than what we've got. O'Toole, Forrester. Uh, Nigel says, hasn't Forrester's deal ended? Well, it ends in January. not sure on, on what the date is. Um, we'll have to wait and see on that, whether it be early Jan, mid-Jan. Cause it could, you know, January's a... A wider net, isn't it? And Martin says, uh, Clough said that uh, Kellen Gordon not back anytime soon. So, yeah, I think we've, we've got to look at, uh, certainly got to look at that, which will be interesting to see. Uh, is Danny getting a regular play, a regular match at Northampton at the moment? Oh, you would say his name when I've been on the wrong camera, so I can't play the clip. Good. <laughs> Nathan's going to have to sing it. <laughs> are you talking for him to come back in defence as well? Is that where you're going with this? No, part? I'd stick him up front. I just, I'm <laughs> not being, we had. Always I'm not the best being, defender we had. I'm not being totally serious either. I don't think he should come back. But 
it strikes me we have let go some quality and replaced them with not so good a quality on more than one occasion. And I can understand the reasons behind it from a checkbook point of view. And uh, we've had to do the things that ideally we wouldn't have wanted to do, which is to, to, to let seasoned players go. But we are where we are. I think what we've got is a good team, but it isn't. the only problem we've got is numbers, isn't it, at the end of the day? If we can't fill a bench, we have a numbers problem. And you're right, if we had anything in the way of further bad luck in the back line, we'd have a real problem there. We can scramble around and score goals from midfield if we're not, we haven't got two potent strikers on board. But you're right, if you've got this, I think Craig's just got it right. If you've got to buy somebody in at the moment, you've got to find a central defender or, or a, a fallback anyway. Uh, Jim's added uh, for Piagini, he would get Hawks back up top. He would, yeah, but who's better between Hawkins and Piagini at centre-half? And for me, it's Hawkins, isn't it? Yeah, Perch. And I think the whole thing with Piagini as well is, you know, obviously Oldham are in trouble as well. We tried to go for him in, in the uh, the August window, in the summer window on deadline day. Um, bit accepted and then turned down at the last minute. So they're going to want money for him. And to be honest, I think there are better players out there that we could be spending our money on, a.k.a. giving O'Toole a longer contract. Because let's not forget that O'Toole's signing came about because we didn't get Piagini on deadline day. We got the two loan players in, both of which were injured, and then we needed to look elsewhere and it came up. So um, I'd spend that money on P- on. Uh, on having uh, Mr. O'Toole in the back line. Uh, Gary adds, uh, we should be looking at a goalkeeper. Bish is on loan and will be gone by the end of the season. Uh, a goalie to settle in for next season. It's an important point, that, Nath, which we perhaps, uh, um, you know, uh, what's the word? Skated overlooked. over a little bit. Yeah, yeah overlooked. That'll do. Um, I'll go with that. I mean, you could say, I mean, not necessarily for me. I I, I think, um, I mean, it's a different ball game. If, if he gets injured, then... And God help us, that's a different calipish, even though he, he may not have had the best of games. Oh, on, on Could you Boxing imagine if he got but... COVID? <laughs> well, precisely. I mean, imagine if he had um... tested positive before um, Boxing Day and Steck would have had to play. He'd have played him more about Shelby, to be honest. Have but, uh... blinder, I'm telling you. Yeah, I mean, He's not no, a bad I... goalkeeper, Steck. No, it's I just agree strange circumstances that find him where he is. Yeah, very strange circumstances. As far as a keeper, I mean, you know, it's not like Bishop. Bishop, I think keepers can settle in. I mean, uh, it depends on player to player, doesn't it? I think keepers can settle in yeah. a bit quicker than uh, than outfield players at times. You know, um, Bishop came in and he he came in late as well. Let's not forget mm. uh, from due from training from United. And yeah, you know, I, I wouldn't say he had any settling in issues really, did he? So um, I think the thing is with goalkeepers, it's it's easier to recruit them over the summer because they they do tend to come out of contract a lot more, don't you? You don't see many keepers bought for a fee do you these days so no. uh, unless you look at the higher levels so certainly down at our level you're going to be getting the ones uh our contract in the in, you know in the summer so um i would maybe more be looking at, at maybe a, another backup keeper uh for, for the remainder of the season i don't know whether shelby's just a january off of the season without looking so it was a season-long um, loan so okay. uh, with shelby okay. but it, again, it depends on, you say that, but also it depends on, Forrest have changed the manager. It depends on what status they, they want now. You know, he was coming here to compete for the number one spot and Nathan Bishop's been immovable. So they might want Shelby to go down a level and, and to get some football. So there's that to contend with. 
and I th- doesn't and, it, Steph? Uh, yeah, it does. And I, like I said a few months back, I'm not as worried about it now because of where we are. But had we been still getting the poor results, I would have been worried about Bishop going back as well. Um, as Susan says in the comments, would love to see Nathan Bishop sign permanently at the end of the season. Me as well, but I, I don't see it. I think he's one of United's prized young assets in their, their academy, Clive. I think we'll have a real struggle to, to see him more than this season, unless we go up. Well, and it, a lot depends on what's happening at Manchester United, doesn't it? I mean, they've got a, a senior management turnaround as well. And they've got a huge squad and, and probably got about five or six keepers. That, that, there's a, they're all fighting for, for position in, in some form of league table there. I wouldn't be surprised if he wasn't available to for another season loan to somebody. Whether mm. it would be us depends on where we are. So I think your point's right. If we get promoted or we, we challenge very seriously for promotion, we're a different team to be lending um, an asset to than we've been for the first half of the season. It's another Tyler Walker, I think, for me with him. I think it's he'll have a season with us and then... <laughs> yeah, I'll play. Every season with us, if if we go up, and yeah, I think Tyler Walker would have come back to us again if we did get promoted that season and was up in League One. Because obviously he then went to uh, was it Lincoln he went to in the end? Yeah. Um. So you know, obviously in in League One. So I think that'll be the same for for Bishop. I think he, you know, if he continues to have a good season with us, they'll then again test him back at League One. It wasn't that long ago since they bought him from Southend, and I think they paid money for him. So. I'd be very surprised. Yeah, he was on loan. It was on loan at Southend in League One from United. Was he? I thought he was playing yeah, for them, no. and then they bought him, and then loaned. No, him no, he was on on loan okay, at well, Southend. Yeah. Well, whatever. But um, yeah, I still think he's going to be tested again at maybe another higher level uh, next season. So, but yeah. hopefully, that could be with us. Yeah, fingers crossed. Uh, Mark says, I would like to see a new left back and get McLaughlin further forward as I don't think he's uh, a, a great defender. Uh, Simon says, if we put Hawkins back up front, which he's not played there since we went on this run, uh, we would go back to this long ball tactics. Instead of uh, this uh, good along the floor football we're playing at the moment, played there at Crawley, didn't he? Played up top at Crawley um, and had uh, the, the assist for Reese goal. I just think it's about getting the right balance, really. Um, it's one of those... Oh, sorry, I, I apologise and bow down to you, Nath. I apologise. Um, I'll just finish my point about um, uh, Hawkins up top. I think it's um, one of those where you, you've just got to get the right balance and try and find where's best the defender. He said in an interview, didn't he, a few weeks ago, actually, that he thought he'd be playing at centre-back for the rest of the season and, and didn't really mind. So uh, there is that. Uh, so again, I'm going to bow down to Nathan, which I hate doing. Uh, and Martin <laughs> says, thanks for this, Martin. You may, mate, you've ruined my year. Only joking. Uh, no, he was permanent at Southend and Man United signed him from Southend. All right. So I bow down okay. to you, Nathan. I apologise, but I'm going to dock your points in the quiz. Uh, that's all we've got time for in terms of uh, talking about transfer windows. I'm sure we'll talk more about about it as the next month or so goes on but Clive and Nathan it's time to get yourself a, a pen and paper or a MacBook depending on which uh, which of you are and play along with the annual I know you've all been looking forward uh, to this it's time for the annual end of uh, year end of calendar year Mansfield Matters quiz it's not fair why is it not fair I, I know everything and remember nothing 
Well, that's 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 also not my issue, but there you go. Uh, this is 10 questions all about uh, the last calendar year. Plenty of points to be won. Head-to-head between Nathan and Clive. We'll see who wins. You guys can play it along at home as well. Grab yourself a piece of paper. If you're listening to the audio version of this and not watching it live, get yourself a bit of paper, play along. We'll give the answers at the end to see who wins. Uh, Nathan, I can't remember who won out of you and Cam last year, but obviously um, it must have been, must have been Cam because... Um, He's not bothered turning up to defend his title. No, obviously it was me and he's scared of losing again, so let's do it. Yeah, that's probably more accurate, to be fair. That's more accurate. Okay, so here we go then. Question number one in the That Was 2021 quiz is... Jordan Bowery grabbed the headlines with his first career hat-trick as the Stags kicked off the year with a 4-0 win. But who else scored on that day for one point? And for another point, who were the opponents? Nathan's tapping along. Clive's writing it down. I think Clive knows. There was a huge clue in the intro to the show, by the way, if you were listening. We don't uh, listen to you. No, I noticed. <laughs> question number two. January and February saw the f- the feeling of stop-start as game after game after game was postponed for a variety of reasons, mainly the weather. In that period, how many games were postponed for one point? And for a bonus point per team, name the teams. January and February only. January and February saw the feeling of stop-start as game after game after game was postponed for a variety of reasons. In that period, how many were postponed? One point for that and a bonus, one point per team. How many teams do you want us to name? Well, depends, how, depends how many teams, how many games got called off, doesn't it? <laughs> all, or, 13. all 13. Or, 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 or does it? That could be a clue as well. Oh, yeah. Question number three. Chelsea. (laughs) Definitely not. Between February and the start of April, between February and the start of April, the Stags only managed two wins. For three points, name the teams, the scorelines and all the Stags goal scorers in those wins. For two points, name the the teams and the scorelines. Or for one point, name just the teams. So you can have a range of of points. How many? (laughs) This isn't fair. I've, I've had a child this year, so I remember nothing. And I've had a bad cold. I've had, I've had COVID. I win. I've had three jobs. <laughs> uh, you win. You made Thank the quiz. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so You've got the answer. Can I have the question again? Don't overcomplicate it with the options. It was February and April. Did you tell me how many games it was? Two wins. We had two wins in February and April. Yeah. So for one point, just name the teams. For two Chelsea. points, name the teams and the score score lines. And for three points, name the team score lines and all the Stags goal scorers. How do you spell Stuttgart? <laughs> God's sake. Question four. I'll give you a bit of time on this one. Sure. The Stags ended the 2020-2021 campaign with a 3-0 win over Port Vale. For one point per player, name the starting lineup that day. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You knew that question was coming. You knew there was one of them in there as well. You know, if you get offered a job as a quiz master, turn it down. Bit awkward. Might need to uh, check my contract. Stags ended 2020-21 campaign with a 3-0 win over Port Vale for one point per player named the starting lineup that day. And as Clive and Nathan try and rack their brains and as you do at home. Got the goalie. Well, 
or have you? That could be uh, an interesting one. Uh, as they do that, obviously, um, the trip tonight uh, to uh, to Harrogate was off. But at the moment, as we speak at seven minutes past seven on this uh, Wednesday night, Saturday's game at Rochdale is still on. Highly doubt it will be, though. Uh, however, best to be prepared. And if you want to travel with the SSA, they've got some seats available on their coaches. 07967 689 597 is the number to call 07967 689 597 15 pounds for amber members 20 pounds for blue members 25 pounds for non-members party time should the game go ahead 10 30 a.m and remember that the uh, home game to middlesbrough later in the month on the 8th of jan has been brought forward to a 12 15 kickoff now and not 12 30 like on screen uh, so the fixtures for january as it stands at the moment rochdale on the first and saturday the eighth uh middlesbrough at home 12 15 kickoff in round three of the fa cup that's on tv overseas uh swindon at home on the 11th 7 30 kickoff for that one and then on saturday the 15th it's a home game against warsaw tuesday the 18th of january uh my 31st birthday has riddled me with a trip to forest green rovers 7 45 uh, kick off in that one and then um a trip to barrow on uh, saturday the 22nd ending the month with a home game against leighton orient on saturday the 29th on with the quiz with question number five finally fans were allowed to attend football matches again with fans flocking into retford for a pre-season friendly clough's men treated them to a goal fest bagging nine goals you can score one point Per goal scorer. So name the goal scorers for me. And I'll give you a clue on this one. There aren't nine goal scorers. Because three players got a brace. So fans were allowed to attend football matches again with fans flocking into Retford for a pre-season friendly. Clough's men treated them to a goal fest bagging nine. One point per each correct goal scorer. Give you another 30 seconds on that. Question number six of 10. Who bags a 90th minute penalty as the Stags beat Bristol Rovers on the opening day of the 2021-22 campaign? A nice and easy one for you there. Bit of a harder one though for you. Question number seven. Who has spent the majority of the calendar year on loan with Longford Town? Who has spent the majority of the calendar year on loan with Longford Town? Nathan's scratching his head. Clive's not sure. Clive's wishing he still had the cold. I can't hear a thing. <laughs> Is uh, Lyndon Meekle, Ellie or EL? Uh, question number eight. Here it comes. Airsick lover. Airsick lover is an anagram of which transfer window loan croc? Airsick lover is an anagram of which transfer window loan croc? A I R S I C K L O V E R. Airsick lover. Andy Pluversack. <laughs> Question number nine. 
No win, no Quinn has become a popular saying. For two points this season, name the two fixtures the Stags have won without Quinn in the side. Or for one point, name the amount of games the Stags have failed to win without Quinn. So that only counts for obviously August onwards. So no win, no Quinn has become a popular saying so far this season. For two points, name the two fixtures the Stags have won without Stephen Quinn in the side. For one point, name the amount of games the Stags have failed to win without Quinn. I will give you three points if you get both. And finally, question 10. It's been a split year between sofa and stand, but... On the presumption we watched every competitive game, excluding any added on time, so, you know, three minutes for an injured player, seven minutes for a flare, that sort of thing. Where did we watch more Stags action? Was it on the sofa or was it on in the stands? It's been a split year between sofa and stand, but on the presumption we watched every competitive game and excluding any added on time, where did we watch more Stags action? Was it on the sofa or was it in the stands? So there that concludes it. your 10 questions. Go on, Clive. I was going to say, is that the end? It is the end. You'll be, I'm sure you'll be glad to hear. So if you're listening to the audio version of this now, uh, we are going to run through the uh, answers. If you're playing along um, watching the live version, we're going to run through the answers as well. So please mark them uh, as fairly and uh, as uh, equally as you can. And we'll jump back in with question number one. Jordan Bowery grabbed the headlines with his first career hat-trick as the Sags kicked off the year with a 4-0 win. But who else scored, Nathan Edge? George Lapsley. Incorrect, yes. Clive. Clark. Oh, yes, it was, it was Ollie Clark. But who was it against for another point? Newport. Wrong, Nathan. Clive? Oh, I can't remember. Port Vale. It was. Two points for Clive, no points for Nathan. Is it bad that I wrote down Port Vale, but just said it because I thought it was wrong? <laughs> well, if well, you wrote I... it down... Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, I, I will trust you, the fact that you wrote it down. I can send a screenshot if you want. But... <laughs> no, I believe you, I believe you. I, I believe you. So, so, you know, I thought it was wrong. Down, so... <laughs> if it's written down, go for it. So there you go. Uh, yeah, Ollie Clark was the, uh, the other goal scorer. And Barry got his hat-trick and uh, Port of course. Question two... January and February saw the feeling of stop-start as game after game after game was postponed for a variety of reasons. But in that period, January and February, how many were postponed for one point? Clive? Five. Correct. Bonus, Nathan, name the teams. I'll give um, you a clue. One team was twice. So there are yeah, actually only four teams. Um, I've, I've only got Scunthorpe down. Well, that's wrong as well. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. Uh, Carlisle, Bolton twice, Warsaw and Forest Green Rovers. So one point for Carlisle, only one point for Bolton, one point for Warsaw and one point for Forest Green. Question three, between February and the start of April, the Stags only managed two wins. For one point, name the teams, Clive. I did say Chelsea, but I've crossed it out because you didn't seem to take that answer very seriously. So... <clears throat> I'm going to say Port Vale again. Any other guesses? Two teams. I was going to give him a chance. Oh, Nathan, <laughs> go on then. You're going to guess well, I'm, the other I'm one. sure 
Port Vale was May, but um, I've just got Oldham and Northampton, just two guesses. No, it was Morecambe and Cheltenham. Uh, so we beat Morecambe 1-0, uh, which was the scoreline, uh, and Cheltenham 3-1. So one the point... Ch- the Chelsea was nearly right then, wasn't it? <laughs> no, no. Uh, no point. No point. If you played along at home and played it seriously, you get one point if you mentioned Morecambe and you get one point if you mentioned Cheltenham. You get two points if you mentioned Morecambe 1-0 and Cheltenham 3-1. And you get three points if you if you said Morecambe 1-0 Jordan Bowery and Cheltenham 3-1 Jordan Bowery with two and Jamie Reid with the other. Well done if you got that. Question four. The Stags ended 2020-2021 campaign with a 3-0 win over Port Vale. That's the game Nathan was thinking of. One point per player for the starting lineup. I'll whiz through these for you. Jamie Pardington, James yeah. Clark, James Perch, Ryan Sweeney, Stephen McLaughlin, George Maris, Ollie Clark, Stephen Quinn, George Lapsley, Tyree Sinclair, Jordan Bowery was the starting lineup. However, we'll forgive Nathan if he didn't manage to remember any of them because, Nathan, what happened on that day? Yeah, that's the day my son was born. But... And you forgot to name him. I'm still listening. Because... <laughs> that is actually true, actually. That is true. Uh, I'll give you some bonus points because there will be some people out there who may have written down the subs as well. Uh, the used subs on that day were Jason Law, Harry Charles, Jamie Reed, Keaton Ward and Jaden Charles. And unused were Aidan Stone and Kel Gordon. So there you go. Um, question: Did you get any of them, uh, Clive, by the way? Six. Well, well yes. done, Nathan. Six. Any of them? Well, fair play. Fair play to you. Hello, Harry. Lost five until you gave me a song. Uh, Harry the dog has just broken into the podcast studio. Hi, Harry. Hope you're all right, bud. Maybe there's a firework that's gone off. Um, that's probably why he's running around. Uh, question number, what are we on? Six? I'm distracted by the dog, sorry. Yeah. Uh, question six. Uh, no, question five, sorry. Finally, fans were allowed to attend football matches again with fans flocking into Retford for a pre-season friendly. Clough's men treated them to a goal fest bagging nine. One point uh, for each. Name the goal scorers. You could have had Ollie Hawkins, Stephen Quinn, Danny Johnson got two, Jimmy Knowles, Nathan Kane got two, and Tyrese Sinclair also got two. Thank you. Well done if you managed to get them. So is it one point even though they scored two goals? Yes. Okay. So Hawkins, Quinn, Johnson, Knowles, Kane and Sinclair were the goal scorers. One point each. Who bagged a 90th minute penalty as the Stags beat Bristol Rovers on the opening day of the 21-22 campaign? Nathan. Danny Johnson. Correct answer. Question seven. Who has spent the majority of the calendar year on loan with Longford Town? Clive. Jimmy Lowell's. No. Nathan. Aaron O'Driscoll. Aaron O'Driscoll is correct. Well done. Who, by the way, should be back, but I doubt we'll see him in a stag shit. Because their season, their season, I think, is a calendar year rather than a half and they half. Have, um, they also on Twitter said they are looking to sign Aaron O'Driscoll on a permanent. Mm, interesting. His contract, I believe, will be up at the end of the season. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with that one. Uh, Airsick Lover, question eight. Airsick Lover, an anagram of which transfer window loan croc? Clive. Oh, no. oh, I've got it. Nathan, go on. Get it written down I quick. Can I have it now? Go on then. If you get it right. It's not written down, but can I have it? I think I've got it. If you, if you get it right, I'll give it you. Oliver Sarkic. It is Oliver Sarkic. Well done. I'll give you that. Oliver. Yes. 
no win, no Quinn. No win, no Quinn has become a popular saying for question nine. But for one point, name the amount of games the Stags have failed to win without Quinn, Clive. Five. This season. Five, Nathan. I'm going four. It's nine. Add them, to, add them together, you get nine. Um, and for two points, name the fixtures the Stags have won without Quinn in the side. You have to get them both right to get... Um, uh, to get the, uh, the 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 points. So name the two fixtures the Stags have won without Quinn in the side. Newcastle under 23s and of course the most recent game, Hartlepool. So two points, but only if you get them both. Question 10. It's been a split year between Sofa and Stand, but on the presumption we watched every competitive game and excluding any added on time for things like flares and pitch invasions and injuries. Where did we watch more Stags action? Was it on the sofa or in the stand? Nathan, your guess. In the stands, I think. Clive, your guess. Sofa. One of you is right. I can tell you that much. (laughs) One of you is right. The person who is right by half an hour is Clive. According to my researchers' calculations, 2,460 minutes, obviously excluding any additional time, uh, for sofa, two thousand four hundred and thirty minutes for stand. Now hold on a minute. I remember forty-five minutes. I follow went down, so that puts me in the lead by fifteen minutes. Get out of here! I'm not <laughs> buying that, but you've got no proof of it whatsoever. You've got no proof of it whatsoever. So there you go. Have a little top for your scores. And don't forget, Martin's watching. Yeah, he'll yeah, remember. So... That's my evidence. Oh, yeah, he remember it didn't. Remember it didn't happen. <laughs> uh, right. Anyway, Nathan, have a little top up of your scores. How many have you got? I think I've got a very poor sixteen. Oh, Nathan's on sixteen. Clive, a mediocre eighteen. Oh, well done to Clive, who takes this year's that was twenty twenty one quiz champion title. For it, you win the mug, which you've already got. Thank you very much. Uh, If you were playing along at home, um, well done. Let us know uh, in the comments um, or on social media, if you listen to the audio version of this, how many you scored. Um, And I hope that was a nice little bit of fun um, for you. That's almost time. all we've got time for on uh, tonight's uh, end of year recap. But first, I'm going to see how much you can remember. What are your highlights and lowlights of 2021? Nathan, I'll come to you first. Well, there could be two highlights that I've clearly missed. So it could have been Doncaster, obviously not. Could have been Hartlepool, obviously not. Maybe maybe the trick is for me to not be here. <laughs> but um, the, the highlight has got to be for me is probably Sunderland away still. I've just, yeah, great away day. So that's, that's still my highlight at the moment. Uh, Clive, what about you? What highlights would you take from this uh, from this year? I think they win at Crawley. I think it was hard, hard won and, and worth and, and worthy of the effort mm. the team made. Yeah, I'd go along with that. I think um, we've put some good results. And I think the highlight has definitely been, um, obviously, getting the obvious one, getting back into the, the stands and what have you, which is much, much needed. But uh, I think, yeah, I have to say, it comes a close run thing though with the win at Doncaster. That was, that was, uh, yes, that was emotional for, for a different reason, obviously. Yeah. Low light, Quinn's multi-match ban. Yes, that was a, a big, big struggle. A big, big struggle. And of course, um, 
you know, not being able to see out sort of last season and it going on for, for so long. But another highlight for you, Nathan, will be uh, the fact that you you still haven't put uh, Stephen in uh, Oliver's name. I'm disappointed in that. Yeah, I think I remember that Port Vale game. Uh, that's for sure. Yeah. I remember uh, sitting in the uh, in the hospital, annoying Emma with the, um, you know, sorry, Marty, if you're still watching, but she wasn't too best pleased with her in your voice and, and, Marty, and, and Dean, uh, you know, while she's basically going into labour. But, you know, you've got to do what you got to do. Um, but yeah, and, and obviously the two two Stevens chipping in to uh, make it a memorable day for for everyone. But uh, that that'll obviously be a be a highlight, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, hopes for twenty twenty two. We're in a good position uh, league wise. Barrow and Oldham uh, and Swindon and Stevenage, the two games which are, are taking place uh, tonight, kick off in about fifteen minutes time as we speak uh, on this live show. They're the only two games remaining from a full fixture program. Tonight, as it is at the minute, we sit in ninth place, 32 points, uh, three points off of the Skybet League Two Plus. What are your hopes, Clive, for going into the, the new calendar year? Well, against all odds, against all expectation of a few months ago, I'm looking forward to us breaking into the playoff zone. Yes, Nathan, what about you? What are you uh, hoping for the new calendar year? Yeah, obviously, I'd, I'd take that, but um, just, just enjoy the season anyway. Just at least we are. In a more in a much better position, we're not looking over our shoulders now. But um, for me, we don't know what's going to happen over the next few weeks. But I'm hoping we can at least carry on attending. Yeah, I'm not not very hopeful of it at the moment. But um, you know, fingers crossed. Uh, you know, things settle down, virus wise, and we don't have to go back to watching the sofa. Although I did enjoy our podcast, but um, you know, I'd rather be there in the stand. So that's, that's yeah, but we've got the Sunday we've, we've got the Sunday sermon to make up for it now. Even though we've not done one for for the entirety of December, <laughs> just because of availability. But that will come back uh, in January now that you're back in the country. Clive's back off his deathbed, and uh, I'm not running around having to try and sort uh, various other bits and bobs out. So the uh, podcast predictions will continue, and the Sunday sermon will be back as well. And speaking of podcast uh, predictions, I've not put the scores in for Boxing Day yet. I will do that and update the the table later on. But just in case we do. Clive uh, take on Rochdale on New Year's Day. I very much doubt it, but in case we do, uh, let's have our podcast predictions from you. Uh, 1-1. And a goal scorer, Jordan Bowery. Uh, Nathan, how will we kick off the new year? We don't do draws these days. It's either a win or a win, isn't it? So um, go for a 2-1 victory. Um, And I'm going to go for he's not going to be back he's never said research then um, it's not hard knowing who's going to be available I'm going to go for Ollie Hawkins and uh, no Stephen McLaughlin no Stephen Quinn um, Stephen oh, no, McLaughlin played so yeah no yeah, yeah. McLaughlin yeah Stephen, I Stephen McLaughlin uh, I am going to be uber optimistic uh, and say we will win 2-0 uh, keep a clean sheet and we will sign John Joe at all in that time um, and he will score, and the other goal will come from the midfield uh, with uh, a rocket, absolute thunder twonk from um, uh, from George Maris again. I think he's got another one uh, in his locker. If you want to pair along with podcast predictions, uh, the link is in the description. We'll put it on our social media as well. A few people have been messaging and asking what's happening with the 12 mugs of Mugsmas. If I'm being completely honest, I've not had any time to sit through and go through the answers. Uh, you guys have been fantastic. I have got a bit of time uh, 
tonight though now that we've not got a game. So I'm going to go through them this evening and tomorrow morning um, and we will reveal the answers and I'll be in touch over the coming days and we'll start sending some mugs out over the first week of uh, New Year um, as well. Uh, all that's left for me to say to, to Clive and Nathan is thanks as always uh, for joining me and for, for getting involved this year. It's been absolutely epic to see how much uh, the podcast has grown uh, with you guys getting involved as well and we still managed to keep smashing it and we'll do it in 2022 even more so. That is all we've got time for uh, tonight or is it? No, we've got one last thing for you guys to enjoy and it is the story of a Boxing Day classic where the Stags came from two goals down to overturn Hartlepool United and win 3-2, ending the calendar year as it started with a victory. Even better, though, was the fact that the fans were in there in the stadium to witness it. What lets this down a little bit is the fact that uh, I forgot to press stop at the end of my uh, recording in the second half and corrupted the the, uh, the clean file, which means I've had to take the uh, the other file which is uh, which doesn't include live Happy goals. Happy New Year, Craig. But uh, but yes, Merry Christmas to me. Happy New Year to you. Sit back and enjoy the tale of Boxing Day and a Boxing Day classic Have as played day. out on Mansfield 103.2. Good afternoon and welcome to One Course Stadium where the fog is certainly setting in over the top of the pitch. But can Mansfield Town fight through it this afternoon and get three points as they return to action for the first time in 15 days? The Stags have made two changes from that game. John Joe O'Toole comes in alongside Jason Law. George Lapsley and Stephen Quinn go out. Lapsley and Quinn amongst four players unavailable today. We think it was going to be a 4-5-1 uh, this afternoon with Nathan Bishop in goal, Elliot Hewitt at right back, Ollie Hawkins and Ferran Rawson at centre-half with Stephen McLaughlin at left back. A midfield five then consisting right to left of Jordan Bowery, George Maris, John Joe O'Toole who will sit in front of that back four, uh, Ryan Sturk and Jason Law with Reese Oates, the former Hartlepool man, leading the line up top. On the bench, a very depleted bench, Marek Steck, the goalkeeper, the outfield players, Ryan Burke, Tyree Sinclair, Keaton Ward and James Gale. So we were talking utter dominance of Mantletown over Hartlepool United, so it had to happen, didn't it? Craig Priest. Yes, when you're knocking on your own door, sometimes you leave your own house exposed and Mansfield were well and truly burgled home alone style as on 24 minutes, a ball from the left-hand side cut open Mansfield Town's defence and Luke Molyneux was there to strike home his fifth goal of the campaign for Hartlepool. Mansfield Town nil, Hartlepool United won. To be fair, it's the first time they've been in Mansfield's off. You know, it's absolutely terrible. But, but we talked about, you know, when you play against Mansfield, you want runners that can get down the sides of the centre-halves. And they had, you know, they had a player who went down the side of the centre half, held the ball up well, brought a player into play, simple ball across. And to be fair to the Hartlepool, it was a great finish, a great left foot finish. But, you know, it, this is what I'm saying, when Mansell's been dominant so much in this game for 25 minutes, and then, you know, to get a sucker punch like that, you know, but, you know, they've got to get back into this game, they've got to get back onto, you know, back onto the roll, get back pressing, keep back doing what they're doing right and they'll get back into this game. All I can see is the outlines of bodies yeah. and a luminous ball, um, which, again, is not that luminous in that thick fog. Thank God for the scoreboard on that far side, giving a little bit of light uh, to try and uh, see what happens here. I believe there are two Hartlepool men over this who will deliver the ball in towards the area. It's on the left-hand side. It's a left-footed ball in towards the mixer. Bishop is up. He's dropped 
the ball. Ball still running loose. Still running oh, loose. Hartlepool can get a shot away here again. Oh. And they've scored again. The ball ran free to the edge of the area. And Nicky Featherstone was there to drill the ball into the back of the net with uh, 50 minutes on the clock. That is a blow and a half for Mansfield Town, who just got caught up in the mix. Yeah, it's absolutely a nightmare. I mean, the ball's got crossed. Vish has got to do better. He's dropped the ball. You know, the ball's got played out. He's then pulled off a really good save from his mistake. He's come back out. And we just talked about how good Feverson is. You know, he's in the right place and he's drilled home. That's a right body blow for Mansfield. You know, in the game where they've dominated, they've been on top and they're 2-0 down. They've had two shots on goal, but, but this is what it's about. We talk about staying in the game and... They've got a Martin to climb now. John Joe O'Toole rising high to not home. George Maris's 10th corner of the afternoon on 55 minutes gives Mansfield Town some much-needed Boxing Day hope. Great delivery and O'Toole exactly where he wants him, Lee Wilson. Absolutely. It's just what Mansfield needed to get after going 2-0 down. Another corner and finally, finally, we got that delivery in and that... Go on, go on, Reece. Here's Oates to the left of the area trying to get Mansfield back in the game. Oates Gives it across to Maris. Maris needs to find some space across wide. It comes to Hewitt. Who's to shoot? Bonnie towards the middle. Wrong, Flashes wrong wide of goal. Yeah, wrong choice that from Hewitt. He should, you know, he should deliver the ball, you know. But finally, we've got, like I said, we're talking about, you know, ninth or tenth corner, whatever it was. And we've got that goal. The fans are behind us again. You know, 55 minutes ago, so you got a good 30, 35 minutes. Come on, we're in this game again. The next five minutes is absolutely pivotal for Mansfield. If they can get a goal and find an opening, this crowd will get behind them and they could go on to win it. Mansfield 103.2, the home of great music, Olivia Rodrigo, and good for you. I think there's been an equaliser at a one-call stadium, Craig Priest. Cometh the hour, cometh Jordan Bowery to head Mansfield back into the game after excellent work down the right-hand side from Reeks Oates and Elliot Hewitt. The fog now is in danger of really putting pay to this game, but Mansfield Town from two goals down are determined to fight for every single ball. Lee Wilson, incredible scenes. 2-2. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. I think Reece Oates had a little bit of a word in his ear from Nigel Clough at half-time, say, come on, you're playing against your ex-club, you know, I think you're bottling it a little bit, and he's come out this half, and he's been done a lot, lot better. And Jordan Barry's done OK as well, he's done really well, he's got his goal deserved, great play, great ball, great equaliser, and it's nothing more than we deserve, and it's half an hour to go, it's there for us now, come on. This is unbelievable, Man Mansfield, the home of great music, I've just had Lee Wilson screaming down my ears, get Queen off, get Freddie off, we've scored again Craig Priest George Morris the hero turning things around his 11th corner of the game was headed away and their excellent work on that far side from Law to set Maris again dropped his shoulder dropped his man had a go and curled the ball into the top bins in front of the Stags fans Mansfield Town 3 Harleypool United 2 incredible stuff absolutely fantastic from Mansfield there they've been on top all the time George Mansfield it's been, it's been a really good game great ball he actually thought it was a cross but what a great area he's gone for the far corner for the cross and it's gone today it's nothing what Mansfield deserved 3-2 come on you stags oh Mansfield Town now are absolutely bouncing this is an absolute game of epic proportions Harleypool United have had two shots which resulted in two goals Mansfield Town were rampant in that first half but just couldn't find their finishing boots what in front of the Stags fans away to my right in front of the Quarry Lane stands 
Boy, have they found them. First John Joe O'Toole, then Jordan Bowery, and then moments ago, George Maris to set the place on fire. Everybody forward for Hartlepool inside the Mansfield half. It'll be a left-footed ball in some 50 yards from goal from that left touch line, and it goes towards the middle, and it's turned home, and Hartlepool United have pulled it level late in the game. A minute into four additional minutes, it's the Hartlepool United man who got away from his runner, but the flag is up for offside, and the goal will hop count, and that is drama of the highest BAFTA winning order. I thought that Mansfield had thrown it away, but the linesman's flag comes to the rescue. Absolutely, and I was there, he put that ball in, and I was thinking, come on, Bish, come and get this ball for us, and he looked a bit hesitant, and to be fair, you know, to be fair, it was such an easy tapping. It was either really, really poor defending or offside. And uh, luckily for us, it's offside. It's a, it's a scare. I mean, Nigel's there saying, you know, what's going off here? Sort it out and make sure we see it through now. Because uh, for Mansell to let three goals against Hartlepool, that would have been the third shot on goal, which would have been absolutely a nightmare. Ben Killip, the Hartlepool goalkeepers in the Stags half. In it comes long into the Stags box. Not a down. Mansfield get it clear. And there, Ben Killip will play chase after it. The whistle's on, still not gone. We've played 49 minutes. Killip just Ooh. about keeps the ball alive. Well Hartlepool well have well the ball in possession. Well the referee well brings it close to the epic, epic, epic epic game which we have just seen unfold in front of us and at full time cop a load of this Mansfield Town 3 Hartlepool United 2 and as classic Boxing Day football goes this is as good as it gets absolutely brilliant what a way to end a calendar year eh? what a way to end a calendar year That was the story of 2021. Hopefully for Mansfield Town, there is more to come when the new year dawns. Starting, hopefully, with a trip to Rochdale. COVID cases pending. COVID in both camps, of course. Highly doubt it will be on. But if it is, make sure you tune in to Mansfield 103.2 for full match commentary and much, much more of that. As the Stags look to get... Another three points on board. It's been a strange calendar year. It started off on the sofa, jumping up and down when Jordan Bowery scored his hat-trick. And it ended with bringing the house down as George Maris curled in that goal to complete a fantastic comeback against Hartlepool on Boxing Day. There's been departures, there's been arrivals, there's been frustrations and there's been happiness. Through it all, we've been here on the Mansfield Matters podcast to follow the journey, win, lose or draw. None of that would be possible without your support. So from me and all of the rest of the Mansfield Matters boys, I want to say from the bottom of my heart, thank you very much for following the journey and make sure you stick with us when a new year dawns as well. Who knows what the rest of this season could play out to be? Could it be a promotion winning one? Could it be a playoff charge? Could it be an FA Cup dream? There's much, much more of it to go and we'll stick with it all the way. For now, though, enjoy the remainder of 2021. Cross your fingers that the game will be on at uh, Rochdale. Get your tickets for Middlesbrough after that. And mainly, enjoy the rest of your time off over Christmas and a happy new year to you all. It's been a pleasure to follow the journey in 2021. Memories were made. I'm looking forward to making yet more memories when a new year dawns. 
From me and from all of the rest of the Mansfield Matters team, have a fantastic remainder of 21. And we'll see you on the other side in 2022. This is the show for the fans, by the fans. Why? Because Mansfield always matters. Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.